the scripture tonight, 1 Corinthians um, 14, uh, 7 and 8. If you have your Bibles, we want to turn. We won't have media to, oh, well, Brother Chris, he's doing pulling double duty tonight. So thank you, Brother, for jumping back and forth for us. And 1 Corinthians 14, 7 and 8, Paul uh, has been talking about spiritual gifts and things and but he makes a statement in here, something that's a, a principle that it can just be applied in so many places. He says, and even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle. So I want to just I'm gonna teach a little bit tonight and just look at some scripture concerning the sound of the trumpet. I want to talk about the sound of the trumpet. Let's pray together tonight. Lord, thank you for your word, for the instruction and wisdom it gives. Lord, give us understanding. Give us ears to hear what you would say to us tonight. Let us receive it in good ground so we can grow be changed to be better for the kingdom as we want to see you again we want to see you when you come again we ask it in jesus name and everyone said amen give the lord a hand clap before you're seated tonight thankful for the word of god thank you jesus thank you lord the sound of the trumpet paul says things without life giving sound pipe harp whatever instruments they are, he said, except they give, there's a distinction in those sounds, how could it be known what is piped or harped? In other words, if someone blindfolded you and uh, you have a pretty good ear for music and they were to strum a guitar and say, now what was that? And you said a guitar, but somehow you've got a tuba wrapped around you and it can make a sound like a guitar. You'd be, you'd pull the mask off and be surprised because uh, that's not the sound that a tuba should make. And, or if it was reversed, every instrument has a sound and, and that it makes, and every uh, instrument, every voice, there's uh, even things that uh, we hear, you know, uh, when we're teaching kids when they're young, a lot of times we teach them about animals by the sound they make. We get our kids to say, what's a dog say? What's a cat say? And, uh, and sometimes they get mixed up, and you, you, know, you might say, what's a cat say? And they go, moo. And, you know, you just know well, that's not right. You're, t- you're trying to teach them this, uh, that sound that we want them to have. And he says, if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? You know, many places in the scripture we're told to have an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying to the church, what the prophet's saying, what's the man of God saying in the word, what what the word's saying to our hearts, what's it saying to us. Have an ear to hear, but but having an ear to hear doesn't help you out very much if uh, every instrument is just doing its own thing and saying what it wants to say. Because that'll cause confusion. There's got to be a certain sound. And uh, I think probably when Paul wrote this, I was reading, uh, had, I had made a note a long, several months back, I think even more than a year ago back, I had marked a scripture and it came to my mind uh, to look it up. Cause I, and I think maybe uh, Paul was thinking of some words that Moses wrote in Numbers chapter 10, I'm going to read this, these first nine verses here. And just there was uh, some rules that God was laying down about trumpets. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Make thee two trumpets of silver. Of a whole piece shalt thou make them, and that thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly and for journeying of the camps. If when they shall blow with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to thee at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. 
And if they blow but with one trumpet, then the princes, which are heads of the thousands of Israel, shall gather themselves unto thee. And when you blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east part shall go forward. And when you blow an alarm the second time, the camps that lie on the south side shall take their journey. They shall blow an alarm for their journeys. But when the congregation is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but you shall not sound an alarm. So there are going to be different sounds. And the sons of Aaron, the priest, shall blow with the trumpets, and they shall be to you for an ordinance forever throughout your generations. And if you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresseth you, then you shall blow an alarm with the trumpets, and you shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and you shall be saved from your enemies." And since Paul was so zealous uh, of the law and the words of Moses and those things, I, I feel like that this was something that had been instilled in them because what God was saying, there were two trumpets here that had purpose. And however they are blown and whenever they are blown and whoever would blow them, uh, it would cause people to move, to gather. It would be for the winning of battles. There was a reason, a reason and a meaning to every trump or every alarm that they would blow and so Paul uh, with this I'm sure instilled in him realizing that if you're in charge of blowing that trumpet you don't uh, just get up and blow anything you want to because it would cause confusion in the camp nobody would know what to do if you see uh, the an enemy coming against you you wouldn't blow the the sound for hey let's gather for church you would be blowing an alarm. There's an enemy coming. There's a battle, and that's what would take care of them. And so uh, what Paul writes here as he's talking to the church, he says that the trumpet, uh, if it gives an uncertain sound, then who can prepare himself to battle? In other words, there's got to be a certain sound that the trumpet makes. Now, we can apply that to us because a trumpet is, is a thing without a life-giving sound. But... Even though the trumpet has no life-giving sound of its own, it's not a Disney trumpet. It, it don't have a cute little name and jump around blowing its own tunes. It's not alive. It's a, it's, it's not a, it doesn't have life-giving sound or life-saving sound of its own. But someone with a life-giving sound holds it. You hear what I'm saying? That somebody who has the breath of life holds that instrument uh, giving it breath, blowing through it, the one holding it, the one blowing into it determines the sound that it will make, and it can be a matter of life or death, victory or defeat. There is a responsibility to the person who is making the sound of the trumpet. And I believe there's a responsibility to us. There was a responsibility to the one who held it. They gave it to the priest, said you need to know when to sound, what to sound, how to sound, how long to sound. They had to know everything about it before they took that in their hand. It was important. You say, well, it's just an instrument. That's what we are. We're just instruments. Instruments in the hand of the Lord. But we better know what sound we're making because this world needs to know today that there is a God and they need to know that eternity's coming and they need to know that there is a truth to be obeyed. But how can they be warned? How can they prepare? How can they get ready to meet God if nobody is given a certain sound? The one who holds the trumpet holds the fate of those who hear him. When those priests were given those trumpets, uh, they had to realize how serious it was that uh, you've got to be watching, you've got to be looking. He's been given a responsibility to give a certain sound or else how will the people prepare? How can they get ready? How can they protect themselves if they don't know what's coming? In Isaiah 58 and 1, very uh, familiar scripture uh, to church people, cry aloud. Spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. And too many times I think people take this scripture and feel like that it's a scripture that preachers preach when they want to beat down on their people some. But this is God talking to the man of God saying, you've got to cry out to my people, 
Who does God love more than anything else? His people. Who does God love? He loves his church. He loves the ones that he died for. He said in one place that all souls were his. He loves the world so that he gave his only begotten son. He's not trying to crush people or beat them down or, or, or make them afraid. He's trying to warn them. The trumpet was given so that people could prepare, so that they could uh, defend themselves or get out of harm's way or, or you know, lock the gates so the enemy was coming. And he said, cry loud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet, show my people their transgression in the house of Jacob their sin. You know what happens if, if they go on in their transgression and sin? They're lost for eternity. He said, I'm trying to turn people away from being lost for eternity. I'm not trying to be mean and I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just trying to spare you from a place that you don't want to go. And he said, and you have to cry aloud and spare not. You don't let up. This is something that we will never stop talking about. We should never get to a place that we stop warning even the house of God, the people of God, uh, that judgment is coming, eternity is coming, and make sure that we are examining ourselves so that we will be ready to meet the Lord in the air. You warn the ones you love and you don't quit. That's not being judgmental. That's not being legalistic. That's not being overbearing. That's not meddling in people's lives. That's warning people that something's coming and you've got to be ready and I'm not going to change my tune. God gave me a certain sound and I've got to let that sound out. I've got to preach this gospel. I've got to tell this truth so people can prepare themselves for what's coming regardless of the attitude or the condition of the hearer. We've just got, it doesn't matter uh, what their attitude is. It doesn't matter what their condition is. We have a responsibility we, to preach the gospel, to preach the truth, and, and have a voice of a trumpet. The voice of the trumpet must ring true. You know, the, the parable of the sower. He's sowing seed. He didn't just, he's throwing, because it's landing everywhere. Good ground, rocky ground, all kind of ground. Going in the weeds, going everywhere. He, he's not just aiming for good ground. He's just letting it go because the seed is the word of God. And God said, you just sow the seed, let it fall where it is, and, and no matter what the condition is, just throw the seed. You think he couldn't see that it was a little rocky over there, that there were some thorns and briars over here? He can see it. Just sow it. God's saying people are in all kind of condition. Their hearts are in all kind of shape. You just preach the word. You just keep telling them about me. You just keep telling them about the kingdom that's coming because uh, it'll be up to them to prepare themselves. They've got to prepare. But if we don't have a voice that rings true, if, if our voice, uh, like that trumpet, is not given a certain sound, how will anybody be ready for this? How are they going to know what's coming? Now, I'm going to, you know, in the, in the scripture, uh, a lot of times we get lessons from, from animals. Go to the ant sluggard. One place it says the conies are a feeble folk, but they make their homes in the in the rocks, you know. And it talks about that. And then we, you know, so we get lessons from animals. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a lesson from the squirrels tonight. While sitting in my stand yesterday evening, uh, I always enjoy watching nature, you know, just watching things happen and uh, something I'd never seen before. Yesterday, I, uh, I have this trail cut in my field, and it goes all the way from past my barn all the way to the trees. And I look, and here comes this rabbit. He's running wide open down that trail. And I was like, what is he doing? You know, I'm just watching him. I'm like, I mean, he is getting it, and he ain't stopping. He's not looking for play. He's like, I'm getting out of here. And so I said, man, maybe there's a coyote or something coming out. So I got ready. I said, I'd love to sh just shoot me a good old nasty coyote. So I'm sitting there, but... What happened was just a moment around the corner of the barn, a big bobcat, well, not real too big, about Cooper size, so he was fat. Uh, bobcat comes around the corner. And I said, man, look, check that out, you know. And I watched him, and, and then he turned and went past the barn. And when he got toward where the trees were, this one squirrel started going crazy. 
making this alarm. I mean, it's, it's different than just hearing them do their barking in the evenings and their little sounds they make. You can tell that it's panic. And it's an alarm. Now, he's up in the tree. He's fine. He's froze, though. He ain't moving. You can watch them, and you can just see their, their little throat jumping, their mouths open, little tails popping like that. But every squirrel that was on the ground, heading for the trees. You know why? Because that bobcat was easing through the grass. And I watched him go past the other side of the barn, and, and them squirrels did not quit. Let me tell you something. You know what else they didn't care about? Them squirrels didn't care if they was interrupting my peace and quiet, that they was bothering me hunting, because I was ready for them to shut up. I said, y'all in the trees, he ain't going to get you, he ain't going to bother. But as long as they could see him, I mean, they were hollering. They were screaming and carrying on and going on. And until that bobcat got out of sight, it didn't get quiet. Until the danger was passed, they didn't stop. They, let me tell you, they, they were warning. You know what? They were warning their, their little squirrel buddies, their little squirrel families. Was Papa squirrel warning Mama squirrel. And, and the, I mean, I'm telling you. And you know what's funny? is When that starts up, any other animals that are around start looking around like, what's going on? I want him to shut up because I don't want him to scare any deer off. It might be coming that way. But even animals have sounds. If you're a deer hunter, you, you know the worst sound in the world is because you've been made. And, every, and you could be, if there's 10 deer in the field, let one deer make that sound. If you blink, you won't see a deer nowhere. Because once that sound's made, they stop whatever they're doing, and they're out of there, heading for cover. Because they know somebody has seen something. And they don't make that sound just to trick people. Deer ain't playing jokes on each other. They ain't making that sound just to, to trick the other deer or to, to have a little fun or, or just, hey, I just feel like making some noise. They make that noise when they something ain't right, something's going on, we might be fixing to get hurt, let's get out of here. How much more should we make sure that we've got a certain sound, that, that we're going to lift our voice like a trumpet, that we're going to cry loud and spare not because we've got family, we've got husbands and wives and children and loved ones and friends and neighbors and coworkers and students that go to school. We've got people we care about. We want to make sure that they realize something's coming on this world. That, that we are giving a certain sound. And, when, and we're not going to stop until the danger's passed. You know what? The gospel's going to be preached until we're out of here. We can't stop telling people about Jesus till, till we're with him. And then we'll be talking about him. We'll be worshiping him. And we'll be praising him. We won't, be enough, won't have to preach no more messages. We won't have to warn anybody else. We'll be out of there. But until that day, we've got to keep crying aloud. We've got to keep that voice going. We've got to keep making that sound. We've got to be like them squirrels, man. You, you just got to keep on. I still see that there's danger. I still see people going astray. I still see people letting down. And we have got to have somebody that is crying aloud and sparing not. God has always talked about watchmen and had watchmen. In Isaiah 62 and 6, he told the prophet, he said, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day or night. Now, we often use day and night as uh, when things are going good and when things are getting bad. Oh, I'm in my night season. I'm in the weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what condition we're in. If things are going good, we're still preaching the gospel. If it's gotten dark in our life, we're still going to preach the gospel. We're not going to hold our peace day or night. We're not going to say, "Woo, everything's going good. I don't have to preach. I don't have to hold that standard. I don't have to live right. Everything's going well in my, my life. I don't want to wait till it gets bad when I start trying to cry out or when I start trying to hear how to get out of the mess I'm in. I want to know right now. I want to learn in the good days how to survive the bad days. And so he said, ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. If you're talking about God, if he's somebody you love, if you, if you love Jesus, then you don't keep quiet about that. 
Why would you not talk about Jesus? Why would you not talk about being saved? Why would you not talk about heaven? Why would you not talk about the rapture of the church? There's a lot of things maybe we shouldn't talk about in this world. It stirs up trouble. Maybe politics is one of them. Maybe we ought to stay out of that arena. But let me tell you, talking about Jesus is something you don't stop talking about. You don't quit talking about the Lord. It doesn't matter the condition of the hearer. It doesn't matter where they are in their life. It doesn't matter what they think about it. We don't stop talking about the Lord. It's up to us. Somebody's got to keep talking about Jesus. In Ezekiel 33, uh, he told the prophet here, Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people... Of the land, take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman. If when he sees the sword come upon the land, he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whosoever hears uh, the sound of the trumpet and takes not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be on his own head. Listen, it's not up to you to make them believe it. It's not up to you to make them obey it. But it is up to somebody to warn somebody. Somebody's got to be given a warning. Somebody's got to preach the word. Somebody's got to let the light shine. Somebody's got to be the salt. Somebody's got to be the witness. Somebody's got to uh, testify and tell their testimony. Somebody's got to pray for somebody, speak a word of faith to somebody. Somebody's got to talk about the Lord. Somebody's got to let people know that eternity's coming. Somebody's got to let this world know that Jesus is coming. That Hey, let me tell you, somebody's got to tell them judgment's coming. The Bible says we shall all stand before the judgment seat of God. Nobody is going to miss that. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and sinner appear? Somebody's got to be telling somebody about the Lord. The church cannot grow quiet. We cannot simply let the walls of our sanctuaries ring with our prayers, but not let this world ring with the words of our testimony. He said, a person could hear the sound of the trumpet. He takes not warning. His blood will be on him. But he that takes warning shall deliver his soul. It is a matter of life and death. Because then he says, but if the watchman see the sword come, but he will not blow the trumpet, and people be not warned. The Bible says that God's word is sharp and powerful as a two-edged sword. And you know what we're going to be judged by? By the word of God. And if we're not telling people what the word of God says, how's God going to look at us? If we're not telling people, the Bible says you must repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If we're not telling people to abstain from the appearance of evil and, and to come out and be separate, and if we're not telling them about praising God and loving God and praying and fasting and giving and all the things that God's Word says, if we are not warning people about this Word, how's God going to look at us? He says, if the sword comes and takes any person from among them, any person, well, I just didn't think that was really worth bothering for. Let me tell you, the warning is for everybody. It is to everybody. We don't get to decide who we don't talk to them about. We don't get to decide, uh, oh, well, no, they they beyond saving. God don't want them. God don't need them. That's not our call. The, the, the trumpet is sounded for everybody. Everybody gets an opportunity to be saved. Everybody gets an opportunity to respond. But if we don't give the warning, if we're not talking to somebody about God, how will they know? How will they know that uh, there's a God that loves them? How will they know that there's a God that can heal them and bless them? How do they know there's a place being prepared for them? And how will they know how to get there if we're not the ones taking them there? We cannot withhold these warnings. We cannot withhold this testimony. We, we're, we're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Well, how did, we, how did we find out about it? Somebody preached it to us. Somebody told us about it. Somebody taught it to us. Somebody uh, witnessed to us, prayed for us, and encouraged us. I'm thankful for the truth 
of God's word. I'm thankful for what God has given in this world and, and given in this world. I'm thankful for his word. And I'm thankful that I had a pastor that would preach the truth. And I'm thankful I had people in my life, uh, ministers of God, that would preach the truth. And I'm thankful that I didn't have to go, man, he's preaching this, he's preaching that. But I had people given a certain sound. I'm thankful for that word. It's so important today because there's so many voices in the land. that That's why I tell people, I said, be careful about books you're reading and, and programs you're listening to because, oh, well, I know they don't uh, believe like us. Then why are you listening to them? Oh, well, they got some good things to say. Yeah, but you know what? There's people who believe what you do that's got good things to say as well. Seek out good apostolic foundation doctrine people that, that write. There's so many books out there and, and programs out there and podcasts out there by people who are built on the right foundation. Right. I, I, it's, and, and maybe it's just my pet peeve. But boy, it drives me insane to see somebody uh, Holy Ghost filled and apostolic quote and, and just... Oh, this is so good, and lift up one of these preachers that don't no more believe nothing. I'm just like, what are you doing? You're going to send, oh, they say, oh, yeah, it is a good thought. You're sending people to a place that don't preach truth. You're sending them to a place to listen to somebody who, oh, they, they, they talk a good game, and they, they, they smile real big, they, they're real nice, and all this. But, hey, listen, they, w- they don't know how to tell you how to be saved, and they don't even care if they tell you how to be saved. They just want you to keep buying their books, giving to their ministries. Find somebody that will tell you the truth and listen to that. There's enough wonderful, godly, truth-filled people that are preaching and writing books and got uh, CDs and pamphlets and everything else, Bible studies. That Man, if you would just take the time and research it, you'd find what you're looking for. Without going to these people that every chance they get, they bash us. Every chance they get, they talk, oh, we, we're promoting them and they're bashing us. Oh, look what they said. Yeah, talk to them. Get, just be a fly on the wall when somebody says, what do you think about them holiness people? And listen to what they say. And now, make you want to take that post down real quick. In Jeremiah 6, 16 is a familiar scripture to us. Thus saith the Lord, stand you in the ways and see and ask for the old path. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Also I set watchmen over you, saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. Again, some won't. That's not for you and me to decide. But that doesn't mean that we walk away from the old path. That don't mean we get away from the good way. We're supposed to stay uh, with those old landmarks. We're supposed to stay with the truth of God's word. We stay with what got us here. When I started preaching, I I came into this thing uh, under that apostle's doctrine. I'm going to preach that apostle's doctrine. I'm going to stick with it. I'm not going to change now that, uh, I, well, now i got a church and all this. I can do what I want to. No, 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 no. I've got to keep preaching what saved me. I'm not going to stop uh, preaching the truth of salvation for anything or for anybody. And so I know that we're reading these scriptures and it's like, well, this belongs to the prophets and it belongs to the pastors and the ministry. And surely it is a job for ministry, especially pastors, to make sure they don't close their mouth. And But I'm telling you tonight, it's not only the duty of the shepherd, but it's the duty of the sheep as well. You think there's a flock of sheep out in a pasture and a wolf comes easing around that all them sheep ain't going to go to hollering? I don't know what sound they make. I don't, I don't know what the sheep alarm is. I don't know what the squirrel alarm is. I, I, can't, I can't tell you about it, but I'm telling you, I, whether it's cattle, whether it's sheep, whatever flock it is, if that wolf starts coming around, then they're going to start acting up, making a racket. You know why are they trying to get the, the attention of the one watching over them? They want somebody to come and save them. Danger is in the field. Danger is coming at them, and they, they're going to cry loud instead of just sit there and be quiet. And he's just picking them off left and right. If there's no alarm, if there's no sound, but if that shepherd hears that sound, man, he's flying out to that field. Be like David. 
How do you think he knew? Uh, maybe that's how he knew that bear, that lion had showed up because he heard his sheep hollering. And so he, he came down and delivered because there was a saying. He said, that's not, hey, let's, I'm hungry. That's not, hey, uh, that's not a mating call. That right there, that's somebody's trying to eat me. And he got to that field and he saved them. He delivered them. And so I, I you know, I want to make sure I'm giving a certain sound. Now, Numbers 10 said that it would be the priest that blow the trumpet. But Peter said in 1 Peter 2 and 9 that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Now, who's he talking about? Just the, just the ministry? No, he's not. He's talking about the body of Christ. Guess what? Every one of you, you can look at your neighbor right there and say, hey, welcome to the priesthood. If you're in the priesthood, you got a trumpet. He said, a holy nation, peculiar people, you should show forth praises of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. You got something to say about the one that saved you. There's something to tell. There's something to show about the one who saved you. There's a praise. There's, there's a, that's a sound. That's a, a life. That's a lifestyle. It's, it's something to let people know this is who I am. I can tell by the way you live that you love God. I can tell by the way you talk about him that you love him because he must have done something great for you. That's what they ought to be saying. Isaiah said, if we make mention of the Lord, don't keep silent. We have a voice. We have a testimony. We have the gospel. We have a God. And we need to use our words and let this world know that there is hope, there is help, and there is salvation in Jesus. The Lord told his disciples before he left, and it wasn't just that uh, just those few little ones that walked with him while he was here on this earth, but all those that were gathered there right there at the end. He said, preach the word of God to every creature, Mark 16, 15 and 16. Preach the gospel to every creature. He said, and then something follows that. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. It's a matter of life and death, what you're saying or not saying. Again, here you see the choice. There's some that will believe they'll be saved. Some that believes not, they'll be damned. Salvation and, or damnation, that's up to them. It's just up to me to preach the gospel to every creature, to make sure that I am giving them the option, giving them a chance, letting them know you don't have to die and be lost forever, but you can be saved by the wonderful love and grace of God. We've got to give a certain sound for the world, Definitely for this world. This world is sick. It is twisted. It is messed up. And we need to make sure that we are not just uh, this uh, spirit of tolerance that this world is trying to bring on everybody where we just tolerate sin. Oh, just, you know, just coexist with everybody, man. Just be cool. Let people choose their own thing. They're famous. They know what they're talking about. Listen. Just because you got an Oscar don't make you smart. Don't make you educated. You can have your own TV show. You can have your own column. You can have your own radio program. You can be a, a, a famous recording artist. And you can make your own children's clothes line. Yeah, you see, you see the mess that's going on in this world today? Oh, uh, I, I wouldn't care if I never heard that woman sing again. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Gender neutral clothing. Uh, let, let your kid decide. Let me tell you, he, he can't decide. God's already decided. I can see with my eyes what they are when they come out. Yeah. yeah it ain't hard if you ain't, unless you're blind. Just feel around. You'll tell the difference. Boy or girl, you'll know. Let me tell you, they're trying to change it. Let them decide. Oh, oh, let little Johnny decide if he wants to grow up and be little Janie. No, he's Johnny. And he's going to be a boy and he's going to grow up and be a man. You know why? Because the word of God says in the beginning God made them male and female. That's a certain sound that the trumpet ought to be given. And if people would just stick to God's word. But hey, they don't want that. That's not my fault, but I'm not going to ever uh, agree with that because God's word would not let me do that. God's word will never let me say, yeah, let them decide. God decided already. God wired them. God formed them. God made them male and female. 
It's this world that has twisted them into not knowing what they are. It's somebody who's afraid to to teach them to be what they are when they're born. Sad. So yes, this world needs a trumpet. It needs a voice. It needs a lighthouse. It needs a signal. It needs a flare. It needs something signifying this is the way. Walk in it. It needs somebody to tell them this is who we are. But the church, each other, we as a body, we need to make sure that there's a certain sound. Because I don't want confusion in the house of God. I don't want confusion among my brothers and sisters. The writer in Hebrews chapter 3 began to uh, tell the story of how Israel had missed the promised land because of their unbelief and hardening their hearts and, and provoking God in the wilderness. And he said in verse 12 uh, to the church there, he's writing, he says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. As one, right there for a second. Don't let there ever be an evil heart of unbelief because... That'll close your mouth. The Bible says if we believe, we speak. I believe, therefore I've spoken. When you believe in something, you'll talk about it. You'll preach it. You'll, you'll let it out. You'll, you'll blow that trumpet. But, but when there's an evil heart of unbelief, it will cause you to depart from the living God. On, when the, those 12 spies went into the promised land, when they all 12 came back out, 10 gave a negative report. Only two gave a certain sound. And the two that, that believed and they spoke, uh, they didn't depart from the living God. They went, 40 years later, they went back into the promised land. But them other ten and all them that followed them died in the wilderness. We've got to give a certain sound. He said, now, but listen, but exhort one another daily. While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And I was reading that today, and I, I just it never stuck to me like like it did today, or or I never just thought about it in that, that light. But I realized that the body has an obligation to one another to exhort one another daily. Somewhere, somehow, and it's so easy today with, with social media and, and text and technology that you can text or message a brother or sister and let them know you love them, you're praying for them, you believe in them, you're having faith for them. You can exhort them and lift them up. Because you know what? When people stop hearing from their brothers and sisters, when they stop getting a good work, they start getting hard. And just look at the power of exhorting each other, what it has. It can keep us from being hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You can stop people from believing lies. You can stop people from uh, making mistakes and walking away and turning their back if you would just reach out to them. And if the body wants to, uh, to be healthy, that's what it's going to have to do. And we're going to have to make sure that that is part of our sound. Jesus said, they're going to know you're my disciples when they see you love each other. The body, that is part of that sounding of that trumpet, that, that we never stop loving each other, that we never stop believing in each other, that we never stop lifting one another up because that is going to let this world know that we are really his. That's a certain sound. But if they see us squabbling and fighting or never talking to each other at all, they don't know who we are. We're nothing. We're just any other group or club on the block. But if they're going to know we're the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, they're going to see the love of God between us. They're going to feel the love of God when they walk in. And we're going to be tell them how much we love them the first day they get here. The impact of the life-giving gospel, talking about the Lord, cannot be emphasized enough. Jesus asked, he preached one day, preached a message. A lot of them said, whoo, that's hard, man. Who can hear it? And Star said, from that time on, many of his disciples walked off from him. He turned around and looked at the 12. He said, will you also go away? But Peter said this, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. 
There's one thing I'm certain. You hadn't changed what you've been preaching. And you've got the words to eternal life. They need to hear that we've got that. We have got the words to eternal life right here. He's living inside of us. We've got his word right here, written word, printed word. We got it on our phone. We got it on the podcast. We got it everywhere we need it. It needs to be in here and it needs to be coming out of here like a trumpet. Somebody needs to hear the word of God. The body will be healthy and lost people will be warned if we give a certain sound. It will not only take care of the lost in this world, it will take care of the saved that are in the body. It's, it's good for saving, it's good for keeping. But it's got to be a certain sound. It's not two different messages. Okay, now that you're saved, we're going to preach you a different message. Just keep preaching the word. We need it. We need it. Now, many times we'll say, you've heard us say, well, if you talk to talk, you need to walk to walk. But I'm telling you tonight that also if we walk the walk, we should talk the talk. Because a lot of people are good at acting the part. But what do you say when you open your mouth? What happens when that tongue begins moving? What, you know, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Now, like I say, you can put, put, on, you know, you can put on a costume if that's what you want it to be. You can put your apostolic costume on. But what's coming out of that mouth, you know, a lot of times, you know, I know we always focus on, well, you talk a good game, but I see the way you act. But let me tell you, sometimes you play a good game, but I hear what you say. I want to make sure if I'm walking the walk, I'm talking the talk. And if I'm talking the talk, I'm walking, I want both sides of it. I want to make sure that uh, I'm not just in here jumping around and, and, and saying, hey, yeah, this is who I am, this is what I do. But then when I'm outside his door, a lot of people uh, go to church on Sunday and stand around and tell dirty jokes on Monday. A lot of people go to church and, and hang out and do things on Sunday, and then they they on the phone lying and gossiping on, on Sunday afternoon. Sing a solo at 12, gossip at 3. Come on now. Listen, Paul even rebuked Peter. He was writing his letter to the church, the Galatians. He said, you know, I had to stand up against Peter one day because he was hanging out with all these Gentiles. And when these other Jews showed up, he backed off and that like, hey, I don't want nothing to do with you. But what he was doing, he said, Peter, if you're a Jew, but you live or you walk as a Gentile, why are you going to tell the Gentiles to, to act like Jews? You're confusing everybody. You even got Barnabas out of sorts. Got him messed up. And so I, that ain't right. If you live, you, you, you preach it and you live it. You live it and you preach it. And he said, don't, don't quit. Don't be coming here causing confusion. This was at Antioch where they were first called Christians. He said, this can't fly, Peter. This is not a certain sound. We got to give a certain sound. Peter always had little hiccups. I'm glad he had somebody there to talk, talk him through it. I'm telling you, we've got to make sure we're given a certain sound in what we say and what we do. So uh, we talked about this some um, around the dinner table last night. Uh, let's don't just unplug from church when we walk out the door on Sunday afternoon. And then talk about anything and everything except the Lord. How often... Does our conversation outside these four walls, how often is it centered around the Lord? How often do we talk about God outside of these four walls? I'm not saying you can't talk about other things. Man, you got hobbies, you got things that you do. Yeah, that's fine. But it shouldn't always be that. Let's steer some of our social conversations back to Jesus. Let's turn, get some of these uh, around the table while, while we're out to eat. Uh, how about let's, let's talk about what happened in church. Let's talk about uh, what can we do to help the church to be better. Let's, let's talk about God. 
Oh, we just had four hours of God, man. You know, is there ever enough? Come on. I'm not talking. About, I'm not saying we can't. Like I say again, I'm not saying you can't talk about other things. You don't have other interests in this thing. Sure, you're going to talk about stuff like that, but. This should not be the only place that the gospel is brought up. This should not be the only place that Jesus is brought up. This is the only place we pray or, or, or and things like that. This is not the only place we live for God. We got to live for Him outside these walls. Well, I, I don't think the people that where I go really want to hear about Jesus. Well, you never know till you start talking about Him. But when you start talking about Him, then you'll know. So. Uh, Colossians, uh, Paul wrote Colossians 3 and 8, some things to put off. And one thing is he said, put off filthy communication out of your mouth. No gossip, no lies, inappropriate language. Can I tell you, I hope I never see nobody from my church post this. I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Yeah, I'm so glad. I, oh, I've I've, I've uh, almost commented on that post several times from people I know. Just just brazen with it. Just oh, I love the Lord, but I cuss a little, and just like it ain't no big deal. Or I love the Lord and I drink a little. I love Jesus and wine things like. I've, I'm buying T-shirts like that, walking around with it, just. Making a mockery of the Lord. I'll tell you what. People need to take God more serious. I'm not talking about that we're so that we can't have fun and that because we do. We have a great time. We enjoy. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of things that you can joke about, but God ain't one of them. There's so many things uh, that you can make fun of, like cats, that you don't need to make fun of God. You know, you make fun of of LSU and and ten, Tennessee, but why make fun of God? There's there's a lot of things to laugh about and, and have a good time over. And but I'm telling you, and you say, well, preacher, maybe you're just a little too stout on that. And maybe uh, I am. And if God tells me to hush about it, I will. But I don't like cartoons. Making fun of the Lord. Kermit the Frog ain't a preacher. <laughs> he just ain't. You know, I just, and, and people wonder. You've heard me say this before, but you remember a few years ago, uh, there was a, a Muslim group ready to kill people because they drew a cartoon of Allah because they were dishonoring. But we got Tweety Bird. Charlie Brown, any other cartoon character you can think of talking about the Lord. And we wonder why people don't take God serious. Well, he's the God of cartoons. Well, you that's a little stout. Well, you just let me be stout then. I'm just telling you that, that, that uh, it wasn't no cartoon that saved me. It was the blood of Jesus that saved me. He really died. He really agonized. And I just think that there's other things that you can do to to have fun besides making fun of Jesus. I maybe I should have started with that and then lightened it up. There is a world to win, and there is a world to warn. And if it's not us, then who? If, if it's not the blood-bought bride of Christ, then who's going to do it? If it's not Holy Ghost-filled people, then who is going to do it? Who's going to tell them the truth? Who's going to tell them that God is coming back to get them? Who's going to do it? If it's, if it's not us, then, then who? So lift your voice like a trumpet. Honey, you can come to the music. Be certain of the sound that you give. Paul told Timothy to, to take heed to the doctrine. He said, give a 
attendance to reading and different things. He said, till I come, you give attendance to reading and studying. And he said, take heed to the doctrine. He said, you could cleave to those things, hang on to those things. In other words, you make sure that you're unwavering, you don't change. Paul was so certain about the sound they should make. He said, if, if we or an angel from heaven come preaching any other gospel, then let it be cursed. He said, if they come bringing any other sound, he said, even if I come back and preach something different, he said, then you, you show me the door. Because I'm telling you what I'm preaching to you now. It's good enough to save you. It's good enough to keep you. It'll get you all the way to heaven. And so he told Timothy, he said, if you'll do that, he said, if you'll pay attention to that, pay attention and stick with that doctrine, stay with what got you here. He said, it'll save you and it'll save them that hear you because you're not coming up with your own stuff. What saves you will save them. Why would you tell somebody else a different way to be saved than what saved you? Give a certain sound. Let's stand together tonight, lift our hands to the Lord for a minute and just thank him. Thank him for the gospel. Thank him for the truth. I'm glad for the revelation of truth of his word tonight. And I'm thankful that that he called us to to preach the truth, to, to be a witness for the truth, to be a light shining in this dark world. Lord, we love you tonight and praise you. We thank you in this house, God. And Lord, I pray that you'll just help us, Lord, to always stand, be steadfast, unmovable, and just be that trumpet with a certain sound. Lord, I don't want to change. Lord, you were... Wherever you went when you walked this earth, you didn't change, but you had everything that anybody needed just like you were. That's the way we want to be, God. We want to be just like you, changing not. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you. Thank you for this night. Thank you for this word. Keep us now. Watch over us in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap tonight. I'm thankful for his word thankful for his word praise god have a great night the lord willing we'll see you sunday looking for a great time in the lord god bless you you are dismissed in jesus name